Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're coming to the close of an amazing series, Managing for the Master. If you missed any, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Watch the whole series today, Managing in Tough Times. You say, Derek, we're there. This is what I need to hear. And I'm excited that you're with us because we'll learn practical lessons from the Word of God about managing during tough times. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Good to be together again. And I'm excited, as you can see, because Travis is teaching today. And it's, it's, it's now, isn't it? Managing in tough times. So we're praying that God would bless our study. We're also glad to have some remote team members joining us. Puya, always good to have you. We're glad you're here with us today. And Sabina, good to have you back with us as we study the Word of God together. And we're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. 200 countries. You say, Derek, how do you know that? Well, we have an app. We can tell how many countries it's used in. Mm. And you're part of our global Hope Sabbath School family. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Really, we would. Write to mm. us at sshope at hopetv.org because we're excited. Maybe you're teaching an in-depth interactive class in your community, in your church. Or maybe you're learning and your life's being transformed. Write to us. Let us know how God is blessing you through a study of His Word. sshope at hopetv.org. Here's a note from Rick in Florida in the United States of America. Some of you have lived in Florida. Hope Sabbath School, Rick writes, is a blessing to our home. You stick to the inspired Word of God. The entire team helps us to apply what we learn to our everyday life. Amen. Thank God for Hope Sabbath School. Amen. Amen. We say thank God we can yes. be part of Hope Sabbath School, right? And Rick, thank thanks God. for taking the time to write to us from Florida. We're glad you and your family are part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Do we get a lot of emails from Zambia? No. <laughs> here's, here's a note from Helen in Zambia. She says, hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. Oh, got the wave. <laughs> I'm appreciating what God is doing through Hope Sabbath School. Keep on with the good works and God bless you. Well, we're glad, Helen, that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family there in Zambia. And uh, maybe you could start teaching an in-depth interactive class. You can download the outline from our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. You can use the same outline Travis will be using when he's teaching us today. And each one of us, give one to each person in your group. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. Here's a note from a donor in Texas. And the donor says, Blessings to Hope Sabbath School family. Every one there, to me, is like a preacher. Oh. <laughs> Well, I guess we all are proclaimers of the Word, really, aren't we? Yeah. It says, they know their Bible so well. It's wonderful. God bless you all and keep up the good work and a donation of $100. Amen. Amen. And by the way, the person who wrote this letter sends a letter every month. <laughs> every month. So I want to say thank you, donor in Texas. You say, that was my note. Well, you know we don't read names, but we do want to say thank you yes. for being part of this donor-supported ministry. Yes. Lives are being changed, just like the ones we've been reading about around the world. And if you'd like to help us, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the Donate button and be a part, an impact partner in uh, changing lives through God's power around the world. One last note. 
from Maureen in Guyana. Yeah. Hey, you've been to Guyana, haven't yeah. you, Travis? In fact, really involved in what God's doing there in that beautiful country. Mm -hmm. She writes, Hope Sabbath School is my favorite Friday evening program. Mm -hmm. Amen. The interactive nature of the program makes the Bible clearer and motivates me to study. Oh, amen. Amen. Yes. amen. The clarity has caused me to understand the Bible even more. And we say, oh, praise God. Praise That's God. why we do what we do, Maureen. Thanks for writing to us. And uh, oh, before we sing, I always have to remember, we've got this amazing course that we're offering absolutely free during this series on managing for the master. It's called Steps Toward faithful stewardship. It's not like an old-fashioned boring course. It's live, interactive, it's got video clips, resources. <laughs> I've been taking it myself and I'm really enjoying it. Man. And you can take it absolutely free. It's available. You can even share it with friends. Just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen and you'll learn how you can access that resource. We'd love to hear how you're being blessed by it as well. But right now, we need you to sing with us. It's a theme song. It's 3,000 years old, at least the lyrics. My wife put in a simple tune to help us memorize it. And we can almost hear you singing if you sing loud. <laughs> so let's sing it together.
Well, as we study today, Travis, I'm looking forward to a word from the Lord managing in tough times. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we study this important topic, managing through the tough times, I'm reminded of the 23rd Psalm, mm. that yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us. Amen. Those are just beautiful words to, I know, to many souls who are listening today who are going through tough times. And Lord, as we go through this study, we just ask that the Holy Spirit would be here and teach us how to face these tough times, not alone, mm -hmm. but with Jesus at our side. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I know many of you have went through tough times. Maybe even some watching today are currently going through tough times. But it's certain we will face tough times even if we're not going through them right now. Today, we're going to be looking into the Old Testament we're going to be talking about the king of Judah. We're going to be looking into um, a story. The king of Judah is facing a crisis. Richard, do you want to just give us uh, a little bit of insight on, what, on what's happening here with the king of Judah uh, and this crisis that he's facing? Oh, sure. Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. When I look into this story, I see that danger has come to his gates. A military force allied forces, three nations. And he's a wise king. He had done his preparations, preparing his army, fortifying his city, but he's aware that things might not work out good for them. Mm. So instead of relying on himself or trusting in his military, mm. he trusts in God. Well, I'm going to ask Puya if you'll read uh, from Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 20, 1 and 2, and uh, we're going to see what the names of these uh, kings or these this foe that he is facing. Uh, they're familiar opponents, obviously, to uh, to Judah and to Israel. But what is this crisis that he's facing? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 and 2. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria and they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is En Gedi. Okay, so Jehoshaphat and, the, and the, the people of Judah are facing a challenge, war. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I don't like war. <laughs> and, and to face war, especially um, maybe you're, um, maybe you're ill-equipped for war, or maybe you just don't have a heart you know, uh, a brave heart, but it would, inside of you, you would feel inadequate maybe. Yes, Jason? It's also kind of scary because just before this, the king of Israel, kind of the neighboring kingdom, King Ahab has died in battle, in war, mm. and Jehoshaphat was there present. So Jehoshaphat could be looking at this, be like, well, they've got Ahab, and now am I next? Mm. Well, and the good news is there was a prophet that prophesied that he would he would win that battle. So this probably gave him confidence in the Lord, but he is facing a crisis. Mm -hmm. So how, let's look in uh, a little bit further in 3 through 12, and if I could have Stephanie read 3 sure. through 12, 
Oh, how does he um, react to this crisis? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Amen. And <laughs> proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Mm -hmm. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple. Mm and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. <laughs> and now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of mm. Egypt, mm -hmm. but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out mm. of your possession which you have given mm. us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon <laughs> you. Amen. I have to tell you, Stephanie, this is one of my favorite verses, <laughs> the last one you just read, mm. because I, I think this is good news for anybody who's in a situation where yes. you don't know what, what to, to do. do. Right. Mm. You look to Jesus. Amen. That's always the best answer. Yes. And uh, it's the Ammonites and the Moabites, they're coming. God had spared them mm. earlier. That's right. And so why do you think, Nisha, now that they're coming back, um, you know the story. Why do you think uh, um, Jehoshaphat is, is um, not more confident that he could just go and destroy them? Because God has showed mercy and, um, to them, but also favor to the children of Israel and to Judah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as with many of the characters in the uh, Old Testament, including David, time and time again, God brings them through trouble and he knows and God also through prophets tells them you're going to face trouble yet each time you're never sure exactly how it's going to turn out you know that God's going to be on your side um, and so he does what he uh, knows to do from God he knows that every time that God or uh, a, pr a problem is presented to him he knows to just take it to God Amen. that's what he knows to do the rest he leaves in God's hands. He praises God. He recalls the promises of what God has done in the past. He states the problem and then he says, God, what do you want me to do? And then as long as he gets that clarity from God, then he becomes confident. But each time he keeps going to God. You know, I love that Nisha had mentioned that, uh, that he retraces the steps mm -hmm. and yes. see where God has led in the past That's and right. claims the promises. Mm -hmm. Anybody else, what, what do you see about him 
uh, overcoming this crisis, the action he takes. Yes, Jason. So he acknowledges the enemy, but he doesn't focus on that. And so I think that's kind of an important lesson. You acknowledge the problem. You don't deny it. But then you say, I don't care what this problem is. Lord, I'm focusing on you. And then you throw it into God's hands. So you didn't see him setting up uh, uh, thousands and thousands of troops. He calls the people together to call upon the Lord. Anyone else? What can we learn about him as he prepares for this crisis? I'd like to reinforce what Jason said. He starts by focusing on God. He doesn't even start with the problem. He's like, God, you are awesome. You can do everything. We have this problem, (laughs) but you're awesome. And I think, you know, applying that to today, sometimes we can become kind of paralyzed by the challenge. That's the only thing we can see. We're looking in the wrong place. That's not where the solution is found. (laughs) It's found in in calling upon the Lord. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm reminded too, Derek, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When when Daniel faces the dream, right? This decision by the king to, he goes back and he asks Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to pray with him. They seek the Mm. Lord. Very similar circumstances, facing opposition, facing tough times, but he calls the people together. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't go pray alone. He yeah. calls them together and prays. Yes, Stephanie. What came to my mind is that he was declaring who God was Ooh. in the past. And yes. when you audibly speak that, it reminds you, oh, I'm serving the king of the universe. <laughs> and he can do this. Mm-hmm. As It just reinforces in our mind who yeah. he is. Mm, praise God. Sabina. Uh, two things, Travis. First of all, I really appreciate verse, um, I think it's verse 9, 8 and 9, mm-hmm. that he's saying that he's going to build a sanctuary, and that's where he is going to stand. Mm-hmm. So even his acknowledgement that the weapons that he has are not human, you know, it makes me think of when the Bible teaches that our fight is not against flesh, is not against blood. Right. So we also, when we are going through difficulties, we also should be going to the sanctuary, yes. turning to the weapons that God gave us and not to the human types of weapons. Mm. And mm. the second thing that is, is very short is that I also appreciate his honesty about the situation. Mm. He's not, you know, hiding his feelings and his yeah, fears yeah. from God. You know, Sabina is right. It may have shown weakness for him to go to the people, right? Instead of, you know, flexing his muscles, getting the army together, it may have been a sign of weakness, at least to some, that he would go and gather the people and pray. But actually it was the most powerful thing he could have done, right? Well, I want Jason to read uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 13 to 22, because the story gets better. Not better in the sense that the Ammonites and Moabites and such are destroyed. That's actually a sad thing. But let's just see how God delivers them. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Jason. The New King James Version says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 through 22, Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Beautiful. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, Mm -hmm. in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, Mm. for the battle is not yours, Mm. but God's. Tomorrow 
go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Mm. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Amen. Whew. So when we're facing tough times, whose battle is it? God's battle. It can be. You can face it alone, <laughs> right? Yeah. It can yeah. be, right. but it, we can also give it to God and let it yeah. be His battle. Yeah. Who wins then? God wins. Yeah. Always and we win. do too. You know, uh, I was thinking when uh, Belshazzar got a prophetic interpretation from Daniel, mm. he wanted to honor Daniel. Mm. Yeah. When, when this prophet gives a word from the Lord, they want to worship the Lord. Mm. They recognize mm. that no person, even the prophet, yeah. deserves worship and honor. Yep. Only the Lord. Yeah. And, 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 and the king leads the way. It says he play, bowed his face to the ground. Yep. You're talking again about humble leadership, right? He bows his face to the ground, and the people do. And you just know that mm -hmm. when we come to the Lord with that reverent humility, Miracles are going to happen. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. Derek, I'm thankful for humble leaders. I'm here because of yes. th humble leaders. Mm -hmm. um, Lalika, one comment, and then we're going to move on. Who goes to the battle singing? <laughs> 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 unless, unless your heart is fully trusting, mm -hmm. trusting the Lord. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, if we, we keep on reading, it says that they didn't even have to fight. That's right. It wasn't you know, their battle. Oh, yes, it was the Lord. Yeah. They, they, the, the only thing they did was singing. It makes me remember the um, um, Philippians 4, verse yes. 6 and yes, 7. Yes. Be anxious about it, anything, right? Mm -hmm. In everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, yes. let your requests be known yes. to God. Amen. Mm -hmm. And His peace, which surpasses all understanding, will mm -hmm. your hearts and minds. Amen. Amen. Well, we can be thankful for godly leaders. And thank you for sharing those verses mm -hmm. with us. There's another, a better known king who made a worse decision than, Jeho than Jehoshaphat, unfortunately. And I'm going to have Anisha, if you would read from uh, 1 Chronicles 21, 1 through 7. We're going to be talking about King David. Now, King David 
Well, he was a man after God's own heart, right? But he does something here. Well, let's just read the story <laughs> and see what he does. And then let's ask the question, why? Why would he do th these things? And what was wrong with what he did? Go ahead, Nisha. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my Lord, the king, are they not all the Lord's servants? Why then does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to David. All Israel had one million one hundred thousand men who drew the sword, and Judah had four hundred and seventy thousand men who drew the sword. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he struck Israel. Yeah. Mm. Now, Nisha, I struggle with this because I remember the story of Gideon. Mm. How, many, how many people did Gideon take to battle? Right? The lower the number, the more God is exalted, right? Yeah. I'm going to ask Puya a question. Puya, uh, why was it wrong for David to number, uh, especially the fighting men of, of Israel and Judah? I believe in this context, it showed that David was not relying on the Lord mainly. It appeared that David wanted to take the census in order to be able to rely on his own military might. And I think that's the, the core issue here, not relying on God, but rather on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and you know, I think this started even um, from early on in, in him being king, even before he became king, because I remember the people saying, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And uh, unfortunately, because of what, uh, what David has done here, mm. um, something bad is about to happen. Jason, before we get to that point, you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, it's interesting that Joab challenges David because Joab is not exactly the best guy. Jo there, <laughs> Joab has made some mistakes. He's not necessarily a godly man per se, but yet even Joab recognizes that this is a problematic thing. So mm. when even someone who's made some mistakes points out to you that you might be making a mistake, it's probably a good idea to listen to them. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you that he's not made some good um, choices because even when someone directs you to do something ungodly, of course, we even know he had Uriah killed, right? Joab did the same mm -hmm. there. That, that we don't have to listen to that counsel. We should what? I mean, that's that in itself is a tough time, right? Mm -hmm. Would that not be a tough time? So what? Yeah. What we could do like Jehoshaphat and do what? Present it to, to the Lord. Yeah, give it to the Lord and let it be His battle. But He doesn't do that, and He follows through. Uh, but there are consequences yeah. to what David has done. And uh, I want to read about those consequences. Um, let's look in First Chronicles 21, 9 through 12. Laurel, do you mind reading that? David is given a choice. Mm. Actually, he's given three choices. Yeah. Go ahead, Laurel. I'll, read, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. The Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, saying, 
Go and speak to David, saying, Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, take for yourself either three years of famine, three months to be swept away before your foes while the sword of your enemies overtakes you, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, even pestilence in the land and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now, therefore, consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's given three choices of some consequences because um, a decision that he's made. Now, if I'm going to ask you why he was given those choices, but it seems like other people are suffering from these, going to be suffering from the, from the decision. Consequences aren't just falling on David. So I would like to address that first. Like, why would... Why would the David's actions mm. now uh, mm. have an effect on other people? Does anyone want to have? I mean, maybe there is no right answer, but I think I think we can probably uh, come up with some kind of an idea. Yeah, I think we could say King Jehoshaphat's actions had positive consequences. Yeah, mm. he was a leader. Yeah, and here and now another leader. He is. Um, unwise, ungodly, un, out of harmony with the w- will of the Lord, his yeah. actions are going to have negative consequences. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting here thinking, which one would I choose? Yeah. You know, and, and I, I would have voted for three years of famine and I would, would have given all the storehouse that I'd saved up to everyone else to, everyone else to eat. But, but the truth of the matter is, when leaders make poor choices, yep. it impacts a lot yep. of people. Yes. It's interesting that you say that because Jehoshaphat actually sought, um, I wouldn't say necessarily the, lead the council, but he sought the rest of the people to pray yeah. before he made the decision. Right here, David seems to go off on his own yes. without the council, but it seems that maybe the people are okay with this. Maybe they're a little... <laughs> puffed up as well. Go ahead, yeah. Nisha. I, uh, there was a particular time in Israel's history where they did not have a leader. In fact, it was the people who asked and said, we want a leader. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is the problem. You have flawed people leading Israel. And so God wants to show you, when I am not leading, when you put people in uh, my place and in authority, they make mistakes mm-hmm. and there are consequences mm-hmm. for yeah. their actions. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, uh, a human made a mistake and there was um, a consequence. And additionally, mm-hmm. if you don't show that a leader for uh, going against God's, you know, whatever it is, a, a leader making mistakes, if there are no consequences, um, what does that show the people then? Lalika. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what verse, but in, in the Old Testament, while uh, they were in the desert, I believe Moses uh, once said to not do a census yeah. in yeah. the people. Yeah. So we see here, Joab, as uh, Jason mentioned, um, he, he was not a, you know, that godly man, but he noticed that the action of David was abominable. And he did not finish doing the sense. Mm-hmm. And in the verse one, it says that Satan stood up against Israel and moved the hearts of David. A man after God's own heart mm-hmm. was not in guard. It was not guarding his heart. So Satan was able to use him to do something abominable. 
Thank you for sharing, yeah. Ken. Yeah, I had wanted to say that um, most of the time, leadership, sometimes the kind of leader a person is impact the nation. And mm -hmm. also the nation also impacts the leaders. Mm -hmm. Because um, if you look at this case, um, David and Israel, they find themselves at the time they had been winning a lot of wars. And just as you made reference to when they were singing, they were not even singing praises to God, but they were singing to men. So mm -hmm. this is some example. There are other examples in the Bible I can give where the, let's say, the atmosphere, the spirituality of the people also mm -hmm. affected the leaders, and then the leaders' leadership qualities also impacted the nation. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Sabina, you had a comment. Yes, in the context of stewardship, I think we have not spoken much about the resource that God gives us, which can be eventually influence. Mm. So people who are placed in positions of influence, mm. of power, they need accountability. So we see here that when we trust so much a person as if they are God, as if we rely the control of resources upon human beings, thinking that they are infallible, things usually don't go well. Mm -hmm. So we need to be wise also as good stewards of whatever resource God gave us, that even when we talk about the process of leading, of leadership, mm -hmm. we need to be accountable to each other because yes. we are not God ourselves. Mm. Well, said. Yeah. well, David is, is, is facing tough times and uh, I do want to ask the question, why would God give him a choice of three consequences? Why would he do that? Kenneth? Yeah, it's, it's a way, the answer David is going to pick is going to illustrate whether from his heart he had repented mm -hmm. from this. Because if he chose something that is not in harmony with God, it means that the state of his heart is still in his prideful yeah. mm -hmm. um, state. Sure. Yeah, similar to what my brother just said, we have to look at the context his original sin is he did not rely on the Lord. And look at these punishments. After three years of famine, who do you think he's going to rely on? After three months of his army not being strong enough, who will he turn back to? Mm. He will turn back to the Lord. God's not being evil or vindictive or cruel with this. Mm. He is using a lesson to call David back to repentance and say, please, my son, rely on me. Mm. I am thankful for what David did say right? Mm -hmm. He would rather that it would have fall, fallen on him. Mm -hmm. He knew he made a mistake. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but, but still, some pretty stiff consequences, yes. but sin does bring consequences. So I'm, I'm wrestling because, you know, not, nothing is a good consequence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish, though, he would have done what Jehoshaphat did yes. mm -hmm. and call all the people to pray mm -hmm. and say, because of my foolishness, here, there's going to be a negative consequence from, for our people. Yeah. It, see, again, it doesn't have to continue, well, what do you want to do? He could have said, call all the people and let's pray. But I would see the mercy of God in this, uh, Travis. If 1.57 million, I think that's what you had from Israel and Judah together, if they'd gone out not trusting in God, hundreds of thousands could have died. Mm. Yeah. Right? That's yes. right. Mm. I mean, there were other times when whole armies were destroyed. Yep. So God is not wanting any to perish. Amen. But I would wish again, if we're learning one lesson, 
of managing in tough times, let's call the people of God together. Amen. Let's mm -hmm. cry out to God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there are other uh, Bible stories uh, where people have made a similar mistake, trusting mm -hmm. in their own thoughts and choices that cause consequences <laughs> to come on others. Are any of you, do any of you want to share a story? Kenneth. Yeah, I would like to share the story in Exodus chapter 32 about the golden calf experience when Moses had gone into the mountain to spend some time with God. Mm. And then Aaron was the one who was supposed to take um, the helm of affairs. But when the people gang on him, he is, rather than standing for the principle that God has entrusted to him, he listened to the people and it caused about 3,000 people to lose their life. So this is where, you know, earlier on when we made mention that leadership is very important. And as a leader, you are responsible to God mm. and how you lead impact the people. Wow. Mm. You know, as, as Kenneth is talking, I'm thinking, what do we do when we have leaders who are actually by their choices leading us into tough times? Mm. Right? What do we do? Mm. We can do what Jehoshaphat did. We can look to the Lord and yep. say, this, I don't want this to be my battle, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. We can cry out to the Lord. Stephanie, you had a comment. Mm -hmm. I did, actually. I was thinking we can stand up as leaders and lead people mm. to go to God. Yes. Those who are open, let's go and pray. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't imagine that Joshua was dancing around that golden calf. Mm. There were people, yeah. there were prayer meetings going on mm -hmm. while that, uh, apostasy was happening. Sure. Yes. But, yeah. but what a great example. I know there are many others, but uh, thank you for sharing that. And, and again, the tragedy that, that tens of thousands of lives are lost because mm. of failed leadership mm. during a tough time. Well, I know that all, many of us have experienced tough times, mm -hmm. but if some of you would like to share maybe a time when you experienced a tough time because you trusted in your own resources mm -hmm. and maybe you want to share what the result of that was. Mm -hmm. Do any of you want to be to share? No? Sean says, no, nope, I don't want to share. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to have to be the one to share a testimony, but if I do, I mean, actually, there's been several times in my life where I've trusted in my own resources and I have to tell you I don't want to get into details but I do have to tell you I am learning quickly <laughs> well maybe slowly but I'm learning uh, to trust in God and every single time that I have let God fight for me yes. it has turned out amazing maybe not the way I wanted but yes. it's turned out amazing Richard without going into details <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, going to three different worship services and hearing the same message mm. that God wanted me to hear. Mm. I can tell you this, you might go through something and you pray and you ask God for help and for mercies and you might go through it again and again and this might be years and you're wondering, Lord, why have I not gotten the victory? Mm. Mm. It might be that you have not gotten the message. Mm. <laughs> oh, mm. oh. Mm. that was me. Doesn't the book of Revelation say, mm. to he who has ears, let him hear, right? Well, that's what yes. says to the churches. God wants us to listen. He also wants us uh, to seek counsel. Yeah. But 
I think many wow. of us, all of us probably have a testimony. It's okay if we don't want to, sh to share, but, but I know that there's somebody out there watching saying, I've trusted in my own resources and it hasn't turned out that great. Nisha. Um, I, I'll, I'll uh, share, when I was in graduate school, so I had done so poorly in undergraduate. When I got to graduate school, uh, by that time I had actually given my life to Christ and I'd said, Lord, I'll also keep Sabbath um, and if mm. I, I'm going to keep Sabbath, but you have to help me get a really high GPA. That was my, uh, I, I bartered with God. And so I came down to the very last semester. I'd, my grades were uh, doing really well, but then I, that last semester there were these pylon of classes that were so hard and I had the option uh, and in there there was fear in my heart I'm like I'm down to one last semester can I you know will I be able to actually come out with uh, the the grades and GPA that I want and there was one particular class it had three of my toughest professors professors in graduate school leading that class and I saw it and it was like uh, the the Israelites looking at um, the Canaanites and I was like there's no way and so I opted in that moment to make that class um, uh, an elective. Rather than taking the grade, I said, I'll just do it pass fail. Mm -hmm. That way, if I get a low grade, no, no worries. By the time my GPA came out, because of a grade that I made in another class, and I actually ended up getting an A in this class, mm -hmm. um, uh, be but because I had not trusted that God would get me through the class, by one hundredth of a point, I did not get the highest GPA that I was looking for. Mm. And to this day, I remember, I did well, um, but I remember thinking, if you had trusted God, yes. He mm. would have given you everything you wanted, but you mm. saw these giants and mm. you crumbled. Mm. Um, but it's been a lesson to me from that day. It's not your battle. It's not, yeah. Mm. It's not your battle if you give it to God. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, we're going to keep moving on because we can prepare right for the tough times that we're going to face mm -hmm. actually peter gives us some counsel mm -hmm. and i'm going to have sean read from second peter second peter chapter 3 9 through 13 and what what important preparation can we make for the tough times that we're going to face the bible has good counsel on the preparation that we're uh that it's going to take to face these tough times would you read that sean Yes, I'll be reading 2 Peter, chapter 3, 9 through 13, and I'll be using the English Standard Version. 2 Peter 3, 9 through 13 reads, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Amen. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people are you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Mm. Well, you just read, Sean, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief, but then it talks about a group who will be waiting. Mm -hmm. If you're waiting, it's not going to come as a thief. Mm -hmm. Right? right. Mm -hmm. It may not be at the time you expect, but if you're waiting, right. if you're waiting every moment, 
um, it won't come upon you suddenly. But I want you to just read uh, seven, verse 17 and 18 because there's some additional counsel for preparation here. Absolutely. Reading Second Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, again from the English Standard Version. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. 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 Puya, I'm going to ask you a question. What can we learn uh, from Peter about pre pre being prepared uh, for the tough times mm. that are coming? Mm. Peter specifically said, beware and be steadfast. I think we need to be on guard. And I believe God is faithful, as uh, Paul mentioned it somewhere, that God will not allow us to go through any temptation or trial beyond what we can bear. And so uh, by being faithful in little things and little trials that we go through right now, we can be better prepared for the bigger trials that are coming ahead. Mm -hmm. If we're not able to be faithful on the little trials, uh, I'm not downplaying any trials. All trials are difficult, but mm. I do believe that if we're faithful in the ones that we're, uh, we're encountering now, we'll be better prepared for the bigger and more difficult trials even if we go through them in the future. Well, Puya's counsel follows kind of on our last study with the, mm -hmm. with the steward, with the unfaithful steward, right? He yes. says, because you've been faithful with little things, yep. I'm going to trust you with, yeah. with more. So I think that's mm -hmm. good counsel, uh, Puya. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, why is it important to grow in the, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord as we mm -hmm. prepare for these tough times? Richard. Um, when I was in elementary school, I learned that no man is an island and no man stands alone. <laughs> each man's joy is joy to me and each man's grief is my own. Mm. Can I tell you that I might go through something 2022 and in 2023 what I go through will help hundreds or thousands. Mm. God is so merciful and so kind. Mm. We live for each other. Amen. Growing in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If we don't study our Bibles, if we don't know who God is, we won't know that He has our back mm. right. when we're going through what we're going through. Mm. No one has ever trusted God in vain. <laughs> That's mm. right. <laughs> and I don't want to miss, Travis, that first part, and that is to come to repentance. Mm. Amen. So, so later we grow in grace and the knowledge, but first... We say, I'm a sinner. Jesus, will you save, save me? me? Mm -hmm. That is the greatest preparation for whatever tough mm -hmm. time is ahead. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, what, what does it say in Scripture? You know, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. So if I've trusted Christ, come to repentance, like it yeah. says in verse 9 of Second Peter 3. And then verse 18, grow mm -hmm. in grace and knowledge. No matter what I face, even death. Amen. You could face it unafraid. Unafraid, yes. because uh, the Lord is my helper. And as I think uh, Lelika read in a previous study, 
you know, uh, I will never leave you mm-hmm. or forsake you. Even mm-hmm. in the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, yeah. then we're more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Mm. Well, there was another Bible character we can learn from who was preparing for some tough times. At the age of 30, he was given a task mm-hmm. by a pharaoh. And mm-hmm. I am going to ask uh, Sabina if you would read from Genesis 41, 46 to 54. Joseph here is preparing for seven years of famine. What can we learn from the actions of Joseph as, we prepare, as he prepared for the tough times? Okay, so I'll be reading from Genesis 41, and that's from 46. 46 to 54. 46 to 54. Okay. 54. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain, as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Mm. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. The famine was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. (laughs) So what can we learn from the actions of Joseph? as he prepared for the tough times. Stephanie. He planned and then he worked the plan. Mm. He planned and he worked the plan. Laurel. Yeah, so going off of what Stephanie is, like he, um, he made a, yeah, it's like God, also, he also listened to God who created mm. that plan. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really important what Laurel said because he was obedient that's right, even yeah. though there was no famine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. he's building cities with storehouses and people could have said, what are you, are you doing this? But he yes. believed mm-hmm. the yeah. word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking right. of Noah no. yes. building yes. the ark. Absolutely. It's really similar. And I think the best preparation for uh, managing in tough times is to believe the word of the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Derek, we have so many um, Bible texts and stories about preparing for the tough times. Mm-hmm. And Joseph follows this counsel. Well, we're going to keep moving on. Um, because I want, Jason, if you'd read from Isaiah for us. I, I think this is important. Isaiah 55, uh, verses 6 and 7, because we need to know what the most important thing we can do to be prepared. And if you'd read those verses for us, let's see what we can learn from that. The New King James Version says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 
Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. So what's the most important thing that we can do? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. <laughs> Seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, he may be found. Yes. Go to God. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to... Uh, I want to read Psalm chapter 16, verse 8. And if I could have Puya read that for us, Psalm 16, verse 8. David had a testimony about staying focused. What was his mm-hmm. testimony about staying focused? Psalm number 16, Psalm verse 8. 16, verse 8, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So, what was David's testimony? As bef- what was his testimony? Setting the Lord always before him. Setting the Lord always before mm-hmm. me. Shall yeah. not be shaken. <laughs> I will not be moved. I remember a song, I shall not be moved. Mm-hmm. We would sing that all the time as a kid. I remember that all the time. Mm-hmm. Why is it important to set the Lord before you? Mm-hmm. Yes, Jason. Because tough times will come, or they might even already be here, and the tough times will move us if we are not rooted and grounded in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Puya. You know, uh, it, it dawns on me that as we're reading this, these different texts about uh, preparing for tough times, it's not really talking about financial preparation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, although that could be one, but I think God is able to provide this. God can send down manna from heaven or uh, send ravens to feed us if needs be, right? Like the stories in the, the Bible. But I believe the, 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 core, the core invitation for all of us as we are preparing for tough times is re- relying on God. To, to have more faith and trust in God. I think that's how we prepare for the, the tough times. Amen. You know, in 1 John, it talks about some distractions that might draw us away. Uh, we don't have time to read it, but maybe some, somebody would um, like to share with us here in, the, in, a, in a minute or so uh, what some distractions that might draw us away uh, from the Lord as we seek His counsel in these tough times. Anyone? Yeah, Laurel. Yeah, so I know we're not reading First uh, John 7, but basically, like the world, our, our society right now, that can distract us, whether mm-hmm. it's politics or celebrities, whatever it may be. Sometimes our focus is all about that rather than on God. Maybe on our finances, mm-hmm. maybe our careers. Derek, you had... So uh, I have about 25,000 following on Twitter. I have to constantly uh, block... Twitter mm. feeds that come up because they're distracting. Mm. But I think we need to use every platform. We have 180,000 following Hope Sabbath School on Facebook, mm-hmm. but we could waste our lives on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we have to be uh, selective, and, and sometimes we have to cut things off that are distracting us. For, I think Pui is absolutely right. When God is at the center of our lives, yes. we yeah. can face any tough time. Amen. Yeah. But we have to be intentional about dropping off the distractions. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So maybe in just a few words, how can we stay focused on God even through the tough times? Anyone? Just a few words. 
For eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. The eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our mm -hmm. faith. In Hebrews. Yes. Anybody else? I would say that uh, when uh, discouraged, let us go to the Word of God. Because mm -hmm. it's building, as uh, First Peter said, is building our relationship with the Jesus before the problem that will keep us in the dark moments. Amen. So let us not forget in the darkness what we've learned in the light. Amen. And let us not forget when we give it to Jesus, it's not our battle, it's his battle. Yes. Yes. Thank you for studying with us. Well, I, I just was impressed by that closing thought. You know, don't in the time of darkness forget what you learned in the light. Thank mm. you. Alika for sharing that with us. And thank you for being with us for Hope Sabbath School today. You say, Derek, I'm in the tough times, or if not, I know tough times are coming. We're almost home. Jesus is coming soon. If you've learned one lesson, could it be fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith? He is not only your awesome Savior, He is your strong deliverer. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for what we have learned today about managing in tough times. We want to be faithful managers for the Master, mm -hmm. and may we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, no matter what challenge we face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. Such practical lessons. You say, well, what's one thing I could take with me? I hope you take Jesus with you, and that he will never leave you or forsake you. Take him with you. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.